pick the platform you're best at. Pick mm-hmm. the platform you have the momentum on. Make content for only that platform. If you have the extra time and attention to distribute it to other platforms, don't worry about being fancy and like right for the platform. Mm-hmm. Just put it on there anyways. The thought of missed potential was scarier to me than the thought of failing. Okay, well, if you don't make a change, what does your life look like in five years? Because that is frightening mm-hmm. if you are not where you want to be, if you are not any closer to where you want to be. And what changes between now and six months from now if you don't make the decision? Nothing, except you're more scared in six months because you've put it off longer. If you want to be courageous, fear has to be present. It is literally a prerequisite for courage. Hey, welcome to the Think Media Podcast. My name is Heather Torres, the host of this show, where we want to help you grow your influence on YouTube and then turn that influence into a high impact and a high profit online business. Now, today we're jumping into part two of our exclusive interview with Layla Hermosi. Layla is an entrepreneur, content creator, and just a powerhouse woman bringing some incredible content to YouTube and sharing her journey of building her businesses online. It's been incredible to be able to go through part one where we talked about being a content creator, how she's creating her content team, some of the mistakes people make when they're hiring, and how a busy entrepreneur like her is able to create so much great content. We talk about the starting, the struggle, and so much more in episode one, so make sure you go back and watch that. Today in this episode, we're going to be jumping into the mindsets going to a million. What does it take to get to a million dollars? What does it take to even get to your first $100,000? And what are some of the things that you have to overcome as an entrepreneur in this space to be able to hit your goals. All of that is happening in today's episode. So lean in and let's get started. Oh, wait, before we go there, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by 21videotips.com. You can go there if you want to learn the video secrets of the most successful entrepreneurs right now who are killing it on YouTube and social media. Go there to 21videotips.com, get the free downloaded resource, and get your free masterclass. All right, now let's jump into today's episode. We, I want to pivot the conversation a little bit because you just mentioned team. Yeah. And I think that's something that you do really great at is building teams um, around you to support you in whatever business and especially in this content business. So what did it look like um, when you first got started? You you just popped open the camera or you know popped open the laptop, made a couple videos. But how did you then go about creating your first hire mm. in the space of your content creation? Yeah. Um, basically, it came about because I started making content. It was gaining traction. Um, you know, Alex had been making content. And he had some vendors that he was working with. And so I started working with those vendors. Me being the like managerial, very high expectations person that I am was like, this is not enough. Like I need more help. I need more assistance. Like this is me doing a lot of work to create the content. Like I would like a team that can help me create the content. It can be our content that we're making. Like I don't need to, just because I'm the face of Layla's brand doesn't mean Layla's the only one who creates the brand. And so as soon as I realized, I was like, okay, I started studying like Gary and Patrick Bedavid and some other people like big content teams. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I can build a team, I can make content. (laughs) Yeah. Duh. Like, I don't need to do this on my own. Like, Mm -hmm. I should hire people who know how to do this. Not just Mm -hmm. the technicalities of editing a video, but who understand brand and who understand, like, what I need to be putting out there. Because there's a lot of things I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that a lot of people overcomplicate it because they think that they need to know more than they do. But it's like any other thing. Like, if you're in business and you're watching this video, I would be like, 
if you know how to hire, like you don't go learn how to build, like to develop, to, to code when you want to build software, you hire a lead coder, mm-hmm. he builds the code team, and then you have a product that's coded, mm-hmm. right? And so I looked at it the same way, which is looking at what kind of person would we need that we could be around all the time that had the expertise, what kind of experience would they need? Um, and then what would we need them to do and were they equipped to do that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were lucky to find that person. And I think what a lot of people do wrong, Heather, is they start from the bottom up. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong with teams. They try to cheap out and they say, I'm going to hire all the the video editors and then the person that's like, you know, a grand a month to edit this. And I'm going to just build this team. And I see a lot of my friends who are very big content creators, bigger followings than me, who are like, Layla, how are you doing this? Like, it's such a mess. I'm just every day inundated with the content. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea how the systems work. I hired the one person who was the right person for the role, and he is building the team. And Mm -hmm. that is what you should do. Mm -hmm. Because if you build the the lower-level teams for the content, then they all are going to still come to you anyways. It's built the wrong way. And then that person never has true autonomy over the department. Mm -hmm. So it's just like in business, how you want to pick the leader and then allow the leader to build it their way, and those people are loyal to them, not to you. That's how I'm doing it with the content. So, so smart. So you, um, what are some things, uh, one of my questions is if someone is actually looking for that person, right? They're like, who's the person? And we get this a lot. People say like, I need a Heather or I need a, I need an Omar. And we know what that means, but what are some of the, you know, skills that you actually look for? And you've hired so many different people. So how did you narrow it down to like, this is what I need? Yeah. I think I thought about, you know, who, what are the kind of personalities that I've worked with in the past that I do, I mesh really well with. Like we get along really well because someone that you're going to be talking about your your personal brand with mm-hmm. is someone that you have to, in my opinion, get along personally really well with because they're one of the, I mean, I spend the most time with Caleb mm-hmm. out of anyone on the team. And so I was like, I have to personality-wise have a match they also have to have a match for the company in terms of, can I provide them with experiences that they're looking for in their career? So I'm like, yeah, okay. If I can find someone who's been on teams that have built brands before, but they want to be the one who builds our brands, then that's the kind of person I'm looking for, right? Someone who sees this opportunity sees that they can be behind, you know, Alex and Layla Hormozzi building the brand, right? Um, and then the piece in terms of skill set, I determine it on the interviews, which is if it's something I don't know a lot about, which when, you know, we hired Caleb, like I didn't, I don't, I still feel like I don't know anything about content. Um, I basically was like, I want to be sold on the fact that this person knows more than me Mm. and what they're telling me aligns with all the experts I've talked to, right? Because I have tons of friends with huge followings, right? And they're more content creators than they are business people. And so I ask them and interview them essentially and say like, what are you looking, what do you think about content? How do you think of strategy? How do you think of all these things? And I gather like the common themes Mm. of like what they're saying. And I'm like, okay, here's the five things that I'm going to look for in terms of what somebody's saying. And then I just look in the interview, is this person reflecting those things? Mm. And it's like, you can tell right off the bat when you know what you're looking for. And so do they have the personality match? Do they have the skill set match? Do they have the culture match? And I think for each person, it's going to be a little bit different for content because are you entertaining or are you educating? Right. That's another big thing. Like Caleb, for example, came from someone that was educating, but also somewhat entertaining, mm-hmm. right? But mostly educating, mm-hmm. right? Versus somebody that might have come from a huge content creator that's purely entertainment. You know, they're jumping off a building and they're doing this. They're more Mr. B style. Yeah. That's not going to be, and I actually even with vendors have had that not be a match because mm-hmm. the vendor is trying to get me to jump off a freaking building or, you know, give $100,000 away on the street. And I'm like, what the f-? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I am too busy to give a hundred. Like, yeah. I just, I'll donate on, on online. Like, so I think it's understanding all those things about 
what you look for in the person, what you look for in the skill set, and then understanding, have they made similar kind of content like that in the past? Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who worked for an e-commerce business and built an e-commerce brand, but didn't build a personal brand, probably not going to be the best to build your brand. Right. So I think it's looking for that really relevant experience. Otherwise, you have to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And a lot of entrepreneurs will get themselves kind of in a jam. They will be the ones doing all the content, right? They'll be like, I'm going to figure out the editing. I'm going to figure out those pieces. And if there's one thing I want to teach people, it's I don't do any of this either. Like, finally, yeah. I mean, I do it when I'm at home. I, I've got it set up where I can press record. I know how to do that. Makes it easy. But in all the other things, you know, we've gotten to a level where we can bring someone in. What do you say for someone who maybe isn't at that level yet, but they're they're getting a business off the ground and they want to be making content? What's the advice for that uh, mm -hmm. entrepreneur? I would say that you should make the one Pick the platform you're best at. Pick mm -hmm. the platform you have the momentum on. Make content for only that platform. And then if you have the extra time and attention to distribute it to other platforms, don't worry about being fancy and like, you know, making it right for the platform. Mm -hmm. Just put it on there anyways. Because mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what we did in the beginning when we were just like being scrappy is like, okay, I'm best at this platform. That platform will be the only kind of content I make and I will just throw on the rest of the platforms, even if it doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, because it's better to get it out there and start gaining traction and attention than to not put anything out at all. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to building teams, um, you have decided that you want people to be in person or just to be around you. What's the benefit of that um, versus a lot of people will just be fine with people being in other countries and all that kind of what's your philosophy around building an in-person team? Yeah. And I'll say the in-person team is actually just our media team. Great. So that's what we're building is an in-person media office. Um I think that there are certain kind of work, there's certain kind of work that is better done in person. And when you're building someone's personal brand, the outcome that you want is it to be on brand. Mm -hmm. And so how do you know if it's on brand if you spend no time with that person? Mm -hmm. And so I think that the reason that a media team that's building a personal brand, not a product brand, is better to be in person is because the more that they know us, the better they can do their job. Mm -hmm. And so the more time they spend with myself and Alex, the better those videos are going to be, the better the Twitter is going to be, like because they're going to get that discretionary time with us, yeah. and they're going to hear all these little ancillary things we say on the side, and they're just going to know us that much better. It's like the best way to do product marketing is to get to know the product, to become a consumer of the product. It's kind of the same with brand. Mm -hmm. Think of yourself as the product. It's like, how do you consume it? Well, you spend time with the person. And so for a media team, I think it makes a lot of sense. I also think that it, it helps with workflows and things like that, like creative brainstorming to be in person too, sure. Um, the one thing I'll say is that I would never require people to be in the office a certain amount of days. Like I have dedicated ourselves, we've dedicated to getting an office with the expectation that I don't care how many days people are in there. I care that we we also want to use the office. Mm -hmm. We will use it when we need to use it. And I believe that if it is there and it has the things that people need, people will want to be in it more than not. So good. So good. I want to pivot and talk about building a business. And um, I love that you guys are talking about building from that 1 million to 3 million. Um, I pulled up a stat and it said, new small business owners with less than five years experience earn $49,000 on average. That's including their bonus and tips and all those things. Small business owners from five to 10 earning about 70,000. So I love when you're talking about getting to the million and I want to talk about that uh, here. But what about that first 100,000. What was that like building to your first 100,000? Awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, the reason is, is just because, you know, I say like getting from um, basically the first level, which is like going from, you know, entrepreneur to like a producer uh, per se, is you 
the problem is that you have no idea what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is, is that you're trying all these things and you have no experience to draw on. You have education, but there's no experience to match with that education. So you're not sure if the things you're doing make sense or not. So I think it's just, you're in this world of feeling very lost Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so hard. Um, When we were first building Gym Launch uh, to its first 100,000, you know, it's, you know, you take advice from somebody, you try the advice, it doesn't work. Do I not work or does the advice not work? Mm. Like you're just constantly questioning things. The thing is, is that everyone wants to hear like, how can you make that? You just have to be okay with it. Yeah. You know, and I think that you have to almost have that like blind faith for that first period to just know that if you keep testing and trying, you will find something that works. There's no magic bullet. There's no magic pill. And you shouldn't just blindly listen to someone on how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talked about uh, in that first 1 million, um, that idea of overthinking. So just always yeah. being in that constant overthinking. And when I saw that, I was like, I relate to that so much because you're reading the book, you're watching the thing, you're going to the courses, you're trying to figure this out because inside you know that you are capable of it, but yeah. you just can't get it out. Talk about what that was like for you in that overthinking phase. Yeah, it was depressing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think actually, I think you have more anxiety when you're overthinking. The irony of it is that you're overthinking, trying to avoid taking action that will make you anxious. But in doing that, you actually promote more anxiety because you're teaching your brain that taking a leap, taking a chance is a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. And so the longer you avoid starting, the more you feel anxious. And then eventually you feel more anxious sitting than you do actually taking action, which is the funny part of it Mm -hmm. all. Like, I think I felt almost relieved when I took action and then actually elated the day after. Mm -hmm. So when I was in that phase, I mean, it was constantly consuming courses, watching YouTube, watching. It's funny because someone asked me recently, do you watch YouTube? I was like, I, and I just got back into watching more. I haven't in so long Mm -hmm. because I overconsumed for so much of my time that I could have just been doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's constantly consuming things, idle, ideating, you know, you buy a domain, you never do anything with the domain, yeah. uh, you start something, you do a project, you never launch the project. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's constantly just because your brain's tricking you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times what people don't realize is that you have to work against your natural instincts to start a business because your brain is going to constantly tell you, it's going to have automatic, I say ants, you know, yeah. they use it in psychology, automatic yeah. negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got these ants in your brain, they're like, you're going to fail, you're going to die, like it's going to all go down, you're going to lose all your money. Mm-hmm. And you believe them mm-hmm. because you have no evidence to the contrary. And so the reason it's so hard is because you have to actively take a stance against your brain and say, I don't believe you mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it anyways. Or even if these things happen, I'll be okay. And so you have to take an absolute contrarian stance to the thoughts that are coming up in your brain in order to get yourself to take action so that you can finally generate some evidence to why you could be successful in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And how I, when you're saying that, I have so many memories of being in those phases. I remember the first time we launched Video Ranking Academy, we had the URL spelled wrong. We didn't give the right call to action. The webinar was way too long, but we celebrated after because we actually did the thing. Like yeah. we actually did it. And from that to now, it's incredible to say, like, what if we never did it? And and I think so many times if people write this down, what would you do if fear wasn't an option? Like what like what if what if it all worked out? What if it was possible? Instead of always going to that negative, it's not possible. Um, as someone's going into that million, that next phase is really um, where they've got, you You said it, that people get stuck because of three things. People in their life, they have a well-paying job, or even the fear of making that next step out of that job. Talk about that phase um, for you, because even when you came into doing gym launch with Alex, you like quit everything and went all in. Talk about those pieces for someone trying to get to that first million. Yeah. You know, I think that it, 
the tough part about it, like for me, um, I had stuff that was going well, Mm -hmm. right? But what I think that you have to do is you have to, one, recognize that the things that are working for you now aren't always going to work for you. And so, like, if I were to continue to do these things and have my life this way, what does my life look like in five years if I don't make a change? Okay, well, what does my life look like if I do make a change? And for me, like, the thought of continuing to bounce back and forth and, like, ideate on what should I do, what should I not do? Okay, I'll just keep training online and in person and working these, like, very long days where I know I'm not fulfilled and I know I could do more with my life. The thought of missed potential was scarier to me than the thought of failing. Mm. And so I think that people would do themselves a favor if they extrapolated out, okay, well, if you don't make a change, what does your life look like in five years? Because that is frightening mm-hmm. if you are not where you want to be, if you are not any closer to where you want to be. And what changes between now and six months from now if you don't make the decision? Nothing, except mm-hmm. you're more scared in six months because you've put it off longer. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you have to, if people can understand that the longer you wait, the more fearful and anxious you will be, that is how the human brain works, then they can get themselves to hopefully take action sooner. And I think one thing that I realized in that phase was, Courage is not present without fear. Mm. And so if you want to be courageous, fear has to be present. It is literally a prerequisite for courage. And so at that phase, that is what you have to have. So you have to have courage, which is to be able to take action in spite of fear Mm -hmm. while fear is present. People think, I have to get rid of this fear. I have to not be so scared in order to do these things. Not true at all. In fact, not at all. What you do is you get used to being scared. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, I'm so jealous. You're so good at speaking. Like, I get so nervous. I was like, I'm just good at being nervous. Like, it's not that I'm not nervous. I'm better at being nervous than you. I can be nervous and deliver a cake speech. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know. And so I think that what you have to understand that phase in front of anyone who's watching is like, the feelings are never, if your goal is to eliminate a human feeling, you're You know, like, you're not going to eliminate fear, anxiety. This has been there for millions of years. You're not going to, you know, you're not the one who's going to figure it out. Yeah. And so I think that you have to learn at that phase to act despite those feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that got me going is I was like, this is not real. This fear is made up in my head. It is an evolutionary thing. Like, the more I educated myself on how the brain worked, the more I understood how I could get myself to take action. I could motivate myself enough with the evidence that my brain is actually not telling me the truth all the time. Mm-hmm. The thoughts I have that are catastrophizing my terrible business and all the things I'm going to lose are actually maybe not real. Yeah. And that was what allowed me to take action to get over that hump and to really just paint that picture of what's my life going to look like in five years. Mm-hmm. I use that a lot in terms of decision-making because I want to make sure I'm always driving forward and I'm setting my future self up for success rather than keeping my present self comfortable. Yeah, and so many so many good nuggets in that. That was so good. I want to touch more on where you said you are studying more about the mind. And one thing I've noticed, and I think all entrepreneurs, whether you're just getting started as a content creator, an entrepreneur, you're just starting your business, or whether you are Layla Hermosi, who's sold a business and building another one, that the struggle never seems to really go away, right? Like as you keep going, it's it's not like you're going to escape the struggle. It's how you deal with it. And I, I want you to go deeper on that because those have been really impactful to me um, in how you've been sharing that online. Yeah. I'll tell you this, which is my good friend, uh, Dr. Trevor Cashy. He said, uh, Layla, if there's one thing I want you to hit on in your content to tell the people is that uh, you can feel one way and act another. Tell them that you feel like them and tell them that you act differently than them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is the only difference. People assume, they see, you know, people like Ed Milet and Gary Vee and all these people on stage and they're like, oh, they must not feel how I feel. They do feel how you feel. They're human, right? But one, you can interpret emotions differently, right? And two is that you can understand that those emotions will always be present. You can change how you behave though. 
So I can be terrified. I can still speak on stage. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what I've realized is that um, over time, and especially like I'll, I'll tell you, like you assume that when you make a certain amount of money, for some reason we correlate this, like certain feelings will go away. You'll feel less anxious. You'll feel less stressed. You'll feel more successful. You'll feel, and I, when I got to the amount of money that I never thought I would have at a young age, I was very sad because I realized I was more anxious, more scared, more stressed now that I had the money because I had it to lose, right? right? And so that was when I started really getting back into researching more because I researched a lot when I was helping people lose weight back in the day when I was a personal trainer in terms of psychology and the, what prevents people from losing weight. And it's such similar things, which is assuming certain feelings will go away. And so I think that what I've just realized is you cannot, let me put it this way. I don't negotiate with my anxiety. I don't negotiate with my fear. I'm not saying, a lot of times I think what people do is they try to negotiate with it. You're anxious about starting a business. So you say, well, I'll just do X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to negotiate with my anxiety. I'm going to say, F you, you'll be there and I'll do it anyways. I can be good at being anxious. And so it's almost like if I negotiate with it, it's like we're in the same conversation, kind of like with the trolls on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I don't need to negotiate. Anxiety is a fake thing that my brain has made up and it doesn't need to be here anymore, right? It's not, it's not serving me in the present day of like, our society. Mm -hmm. So like, why am I talking to it? Why am I accommodating it? Why am I doing things around it? And so instead I just say, I'm not entering the conversation with you. You can be there. You can rile me up. My heart can race. I can sweat and I will do it anyways. Yeah. And so that's what I've realized. And I think been my biggest um, like advantage, I guess you could say, is that I just believe like anytime I'm scared of something and I'm like, I just tell myself, I go, I'm willing to be scared. Mm. I'm willing to be anxious. I'm willing to be stressed. Mm -hmm. I am actually good at it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if more people could take that approach rather than trying to eliminate something that you're never going to eliminate, then I think people would be a lot happier. Mm -hmm. Because if you just remember, you're like, wait, I'm not going to die from feeling anxious. Like who's the last person who died from feeling anxious? You know what I mean? Like I'll be okay. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. So, so good. Um, I, I want to leave with just a couple – tips or advice that you would give to um, someone who's really, you know, they really want to get started. They really want to get started. And they see that zero to a million and they're sitting at that zero and they're like, S the mountain is in front of them. What, what advice do you have to that girl that's like, I want to do it, but I'm just scared? You have to befriend fear. Mm -hmm. It's not stopping you if it's your friend. Mm -hmm. But like when it's your enemy and you're opposing it, then you're constantly fighting it. You don't need to fight with fear. You just need to befriend fear. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, cool, F little friend fear. This is so lame. But like <laughs> my little friend right here, he's going to come on the journey with me. Yeah. And we're going to go start this business together. People are like, what? I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a friend and she always jokes. She goes, oh, anxiety. I just keep it in my purse all day. Mm. She's like, it's with me right now. I can feel it. <laughs> and I'm so like, good. what? And she's like, yeah. And sometimes he likes to pop out and say, hey. And sometimes uh -huh. he goes back into my purse. But mm -hmm. he's always there. And mm -hmm. so- I think that it's understanding that you have to befriend those negative feelings, mm -hmm. expect them, mm -hmm. and then walk yourself through once you get started and the negative feeling comes up, how are you going to handle it? Because mm -hmm. that is always what I do. When the worst feeling comes up, when you feel absolutely terrible, when you feel terrified, how are you going to respond? Play that out in your head ahead of time. Mm -hmm. When the moment comes, you will naturally feel less of that emotion because you have already prepared in terms of what am I going to do? And the brain likes predictability. Yeah. So the best thing I'll say is like already decide how are you going to befriend the fear? Mm -hmm. How are you going to act when it's there? What's the conversation you're going to have? Mm -hmm. And then just play it out. Mm -hmm. And don't let that stop you because that's the excuse everyone uses. Yeah. Nobody feels any different than 
than the person. If you're watching this and you haven't gotten started yet, like nobody feels any different than you. We all feel terrified. We all feel terrible. It's okay. Join the club. Join the club. <laughs> come, come it's called along. being human. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, what are you excited about? What are you working on? What are some projects that are in the pipeline? Um, what's new for Layla? Yeah, um, honestly, I'm just really excited about building the team right now mm -hmm. because going from a team of almost 100 people to uh, like three mm -hmm. is tough. So, uh, you know, I'm like, can someone do that? Oh, it's me. <laughs> me. Yeah, it's <laughs> me that does that now. Um, so I'm really excited because we have pretty much got our uh, executive and leadership team in place. Mm -hmm. And now we're hiring uh, and really like expanding the team to, to get those levels underneath built. Mm -hmm. And that is exciting for me because I, I'm really excited to build this business in which um, we can make a huge impact on people. Um, like I always wished like – this is kind of just the business that I always wanted, right? Where it's like, I wish I could go to someone and they could have like an expert for every function of my business who could look at it and tear it apart and rebuild it and like help hire the people and like do all that. And that's what we're building. And it's mm -hmm. almost there now, which is really cool. Um, I just get really, you know, Alex told me the other day, he was like, <laughs> I was running the the weekly meeting and he was like, oh my God. He was like, you're so excited afterwards. And I was like, why? And he's like, you're like, meetings, communication cadences, more people. Yes, Layla loves this. And I do, I love it. I love having a big team. I love creating a place mm -hmm. where people love to work. That is what I love. Mm -hmm. And I think that Alex has more of the, like, the external vision of what we're gonna do for the companies. I have more of the internal vision of like, I just love creating a place where I can create an environment in which somebody can fulfill their dreams. Mm -hmm. Like that is just the coolest thing to me. And so I'm just excited to do that more because the more people we have on the team, the more momentum I feel from, it's like the energy yeah. almost. And the more I'm excited to do team trainings and leadership retreats and all those things because that's just what I, that's like my jam. So fun. Well, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for stepping out in the fear and just starting to create content because there's women like me who need to see that example ahead of them. And I'm just so honored that you just put it out there, that you just go for it and you start making the fun things where I'm like, I'm geeking out the same way. This is so cool. I felt like I was so different. And like, I'm not. There's someone like me. So That's I just cool. want to honor you and say, please do more of it. There's more women that need what you have. There's more men that need what you have. There's more businesses that can be impacted by the work that you and Alex do. And I think that's really what's going to change our world is the businesses that really see how to do it the right way. So thank you for stepping out and doing the content. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's We been did great. it. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Well, I hope that you enjoyed that session with Layla Hermosi. So many takeaways. And if you're watching over on YouTube, let me know what your aha moment was from this episode. And if you are listening on the podcast, you can rate or review this show over on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what your takeaway was. I cannot wait to read it. And if you've not yet gone to 21videotips.com, that's where you should go next after listening to today's episode. You're going to want to get this free download and free masterclass sharing all of the best video secrets of the most successful entrepreneurs right now. They are giving away the juicy things that you're not going to hear anywhere else. So make sure to go there and get your free resource. Thank you so much for listening. We cannot wait to bring you more episodes just like this with entrepreneurs just like Layla Hermosi. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye fam. <laughs>